0: But I absolutely remember thinking that if you came to me and said, I've just barrel rolled it down the A303, as long as I thought you were doing something interesting or discovering the breadth of ability of the car, I'd happily phone up the car maker and say, look, it's upside down, it's
1: wrecked. I know it's a Ferrari, but such is life. You know, when Roger Moore did that, I mean, it's hard to believe now, that was filmed as a TV show in pokey little Britain when he was James Bond.
2: In 10 years' time, they are going to be the icon cars. They're going to be peak ice cars.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Collecting Alex podcast. If we all look a bit bleary-eyed, it's because it's a very, very early record, and that's why Neil Clifford is sitting in a car in London. Uh, If you can guess what the car is, including the swept capacity of the engine and the colour of the exterior, you get a jelly bean. Well done. Um, The first topic for today is something quite important. It is what we've decided to call car OCD. Most of us probably suffer from it in some form, especially, I would say, Edward Lovett. What's your car OCD? How does it work? And don't worry about Neil Clifford whose figure we can see on the screen.
4: Um, I'm going to answer for two people myself, and I, I feel I need to answer for Rohan as well, who probably has the same level of OCD as Chris Cooper. But I my, mine are silly ones, I think, and things like I, I, shiny steering wheels. I don't like a shiny leather steering wheel. That's sort of a That's huge steering wheel. Or, or <laughs> mung. Hm. I think we referred to mung hm back in episode... Number one, when we were talking about an E63, you used to own um, dusty dashboards as well. That's that, that I, I, I struggle with the dusty uh, dashboards. Straight dials, um, cheese and onion crisps. I'm, that's kind of I, I've told you about that one before, but that that does feel like an OCD problem. Straight steering wheel when parked. Steering wheel has to be straight. Can't be can't be on the piss. I'm
1: loving these.
4: Yeah. And then, but I, I thought, I was I was trying to come up with him and I was on the plane to Stockholm the other day and then I thought I would ask Rohan. Uh, two hours later when we landed, he just about <laughs> finished his list.
0: Well, by the way, Rohan is the man without whom collecting cars probably wouldn't function. So, yeah. Yeah. shout out he to does Rohan. The, he does so all right, the
4: work. Here's a few of Rohan's. Um, temperature numbers need to be on even uh, for the heat in the car. Um... Rolls Royce center caps not straight. Not that he has a Rolls Royce. The, <laughs> the 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 side bolster in a fixed nine eighteen seat. When it starts to get slightly creased, he clearly wouldn't be able to own a car like that. So that would have to be. I solid like Rohan more based. and more. Um, a, any tools missing from a set a, a tool set in there that that's a big problem for him. Uh, number plates not straight carpets worn under the heel I'm guessing under the throttle heel that that you know that immediately the car has to be sold and replaced with a brand new one um the carpets not in position obviously some manufacturers have their securing mechanisms on the corner of the carpets um so when they stop working that's a big problem so car again has to be sold immediately and replaced with a new one um the list goes on
0: <laughs> um I'm speechless. I feel so much better. <laughs> now realizing I'm quite different to you guys. So Chris Cooper, you're look, you're aching to
1: add to this list. I love that. I, yesterday Lynn said to me, she said, What are you talking about tomorrow? And I said, Well, we're going to talk about OCD, obsessive compulsive behavior. And she said, That's not what the D stands for. Said, <laughs> it is. I said, It is. It's 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 a behavior, it's 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 a feature. She said are you going to tell them? Like she said, <laughs> you're broken. You're a flawed human being. You've got to tell them. So we I, know I, after like, the Roland, leaf incident. I, I, clean cars. Clean. It's a fact. It's a scientific fact. Clean cars are physically nicer to drive. Yes. In the end. Correct. Yes. They are nicer to drive. In fact, I'm so obsessive about it. Once I've got, because we quite like silvery, lighter coloured wheels, but they do show brake dust a bit more. So I'm so obsessive about it. I don't really brake if I can when I'm on the road. I Mm -hmm. I sort of like to just, you know, coast a bit. I think it's good practice. You sort of watch the traffic head thinking... I don't like to brake. And this says to me, you drive very fast, which I find very flattering. I'm very pleased with this. I said, yes, but look at the wheels on my cars. They're not covered in brake dust. Sorry. About clean cars. You
0: live down the end of a muddy lane on a yes. farm.
1: Yes. So they when we get... Like this. In fact, actually, Neil and I share the, share the same person who cleans our cars. the Charlie. Children. Lovely, Charlie. Oh, once yeah. again, it's the podcast of the people. And um, <laughs> once no, the car you, is you clean... Don't you just clean,
3: Chris, don't you just clean your own car and poor Charlie has nothing to do. I'm not very do. good... Well, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: I clean uh-huh. it after. I clean yeah. it after. I know you do. You can I tell. clean it after because there's little bits of water in the shut lines or a little bit of water has dribbled out of the wing mirror, uh-huh. the door mirror. And I've got a little bit of, you know, like sort of magic sort of polishy thing you spray onto it and over Once it's clean, I don't really like to use them because it might get dirty. So, a clean car thing, I think, is a bit um, rattles in cars. I can't stand a rattle. If we're going on holiday, I have to pack the boot. I have to pack the boot because there might be some coat hangers which have been stacked in the boot and the metal bit of the hanger, they're together. No, you can't do that. You've got to have a little sort of Insulating layer of something absorbent between the metal bits. Otherwise, you'll an old bank rattling noises. You can't have that. You can't have rattling noises in the car. It's official.
4: I thought I, yours I feel were pressure. going to be more I, I, about sort of temperatures and dials and stuff. Oh, though. don't oh, get, enough don't enough get him that.
1: started.
0: Oh, I have God. seven years of this going a to climate the control.
1: Unbelievable. I used, travel, I used to travel a lot back towards the, uh, the airport with. I guess it's Alison Lee now and you get in the morning and I, I couldn't help myself. you look, you say, where are you going? He said, it doesn't matter where I'm going. I need to see your dashboard. Have you got the climate control button pressed rather than juggling the temperature? No, no, no. Just press, set the temperature and press the button. That's it. <laughs> and on the different side, he would have 17 degrees on one side and 23 on the other. You can't do oh. that. He the car won't that. drive
4: straight if those numbers it won't drive
1: straight <laughs> it, it drives along like this <laughs> oh, Have
4: you, know have you ever been inside one of Chris Harris's cars oh he has
0: oh, yeah, I, used to I get have. told off I have to turn up with a clean car also he totally takes over if he's the passenger in the front seat then you're if you're the driver you have jurisdiction
1: over nothing. I mean, literally, nothing. Everything can can be changed. You can set the throttle position. I'm very happy you to do that because you're quite good at it. He'll grab the wheel, the lot.
0: Yeah, I've done (laughs) that. Yeah, unbelievable. Neil Clifford, tell us what your car OCD is. Well,
2: Chris, unfortunately, slightly stole my point because mine is about symmetry. Symmetry. Yeah, Uh, yes, because I do not like those cars, which all modern cars have them now, that have dual temperature because I cannot handle the temperature, even being one percent or one degree different on left and right. And obviously, men like being cold and women like being warm. And it really is quite annoying when the wife goes straight up to 25. And I'm at 19 and I have to, I then have to compromise at 21, ideally 20, but it goes to 21. It's just about, okay. Uh, If, if I put the window down, I have to put the passenger window down at the equal level. You can't have one window open. No, You have to have both windows open. Yeah. And obviously, obviously parking, and I'm sure we're going to talk about parking a little bit today, straight steering wheel vital and obviously straight wheel which is obviously connected to the steering wheel one hopes doesn't know that completely straight know that you know if if there are if there are if there are the air vents you cannot have air vents at a different angle they all have to be straight yeah otherwise there's pointless using that car you might as well get a taxi if 43 episodes
0: 43 episodes building a loyal audience and we're shipping them at <laughs> such a rate at the moment because they've just realized yeah. that you lot are a bunch of absolute weirdos. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yes. Manish,
3: Spanish help, in...
0: Manish just help me. Bloody help me now.
3: Now I've only owned one car, and I reckon it would pass the three tests, the four tests with flying colours.
0: Oh, Another Jesus. One,
3: which is like, if I go on any journey with the car that involves going out of London, I have to have the car washed and cleaned I'm gonna get inside out the <laughs> and out, it has to be clean. You cannot drive a dirty car for more than 30 minutes. And by dirty, I mean, it needs to be cleaned. My car gets cleaned every two weeks anyway, but even if I've used it 10 days ago, if I'm going to Oxford or something, the car is cleaned. I completely agree, I completely agree with symmetry. And yeah, the true. worst thing about climate control, you get in some people's cars, they actually have quad climate control, don't they? The two people in the back can yeah. be in a sauna. That's
1: the kind of car TV. that Edward
4: grew up in. Exactly. With a <laughs> lighter, one with a cigarette lighter in the back. With a lighter, yeah. with a lighter.
3: So there's, I think there is a TV ad. I mean, the, the, there's a little ad um, which sums up, using a dishwasher, ROCB. I think you're right, We you call it OCB. What it is, is it's, it's, it's a man filling a dishwasher. I don't know if you've seen it, it's fantastic. He has a set square, he's got tape measure, all the forks go in, he just gets all the, just literally puts all the plates in properly, you know, puts the soap in. His wife comes in and starts just chucking various items Uh. at the dishwasher, they land randomly. Now there's some argument that the outcome's the same. It is not the same, it is not the same. Unique, need- yeah, but
0: Chris <laughs> Cooper's hand washed everything twice before he's put it in the bloody. I do thing. wash it before exactly. it goes in. You oh my you god, to
1: before it you goes got
3: in, to. of course you've got, you can't put dirty dishes into a dishwasher, yeah. that's not <laughs> yeah. the point of a dishwasher.
1: Yeah,
0: I
3: don't know where to and go. You can't have any food in a car that smells okay. Actually, I just have no Chris. yeah, that's you're true. Allowed sucking sweets, you're allowed a chocolate and you can have water nothing that smells yeah nothing
1: non-staining waxy sweets yeah wine gums are borderline
4: we can have a smell test next week in the podcast <laughs> do, 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 you know, do
3: you know every time i look at one of these four five six m's in um you know and i'm doing it sort of obsessively five times a day at the moment i'm constantly looking at the seats to see where the creases in the leather are to really work out how, prepare how to be how disappointed
0: in it. a four five six you ain't finding a mint seat in a four five six it's 20 yeah. years old Sounds years like old. he needs a new old stock one. <laughs> I've just realised, yeah. chaps, yeah, as much as I love you dearly, if this was a dating app, uh, we're not compatible. We really <laughs> are not. We're because swiping I am, right. I am yeah. a different species to you guys. I don't have any car OCD. And if I did have, I don't think I could have functioned professionally, particularly the last eight years of my life. Some of the stuff I've had to drive on that telly show, you get there and they say, this is your thing. We, bought, we paid three grand for it. And you get into it. There was one we had in Northumberland. It was like a Honda Civic or something. And it was, I think it was 1800 quid. And I—and there was mould on the dashboard. There was, you know when a steering wheel's gone mouldy because it can't, no one had cleaned that off. So I just had mould on my hands, which I then put in my mouth straight away. (laughs) Uh, There was just, there's just disgusting. So I have no OCD about any control. I don't care what a steering wheel looks like. I don't like a muggy, Alcantara, much. That's that I I, I can you're, do without. Quite it. good on that. Yeah, yeah. But I I I, I might get some emery paper, and, but otherwise I can live with it. Uh, especially with my mum, uh, I don't really <laughs> don't care about anything. The only driving thing I've got, which is a bit like saying magpie. Neil Clifford, stop doing that. It's terribly confusing because you're going upside Sorry, down. Stuff. I know, but you're you're so good at that now. Um, is it when I'm going through a light? that's changing from amber to red. I look in the mirror to see whether I see the red. And if I see the red, I say a magic word to stop bad things happening to me. I like that. So I'm on, not OCD. My... I'm definitely mad, but I'm not OCD.
3: What's
0: That's the a, magic that, 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 word, Chris? What's it Won't be magic. Oh, I've never shared that with Please. anyone. Oh, it won't be magic. Oh, be my my,
4: uh, my similar one to that, Chris, is you. You obviously we we talked about um, these motorway stretches we go down, and they're on certain motorway stretches. The it used to be the police cars would sit on the in the in their little spots to get you with their gun, but now most of the time they are highway maintenance uh, vans. But the police cars do sometimes sit on the entry lanes on certain yep. junctions and the Porsche Junction at Reading, what is that, 14 or something like that? Coming back 15, into London. Oh,
2: six, oh, well, oh, sorry.
4: Coming back no. towards London. Yeah. You look um, up the... I, I do, but I but obviously coming towards it, I have to decide, do I back off a bit to make sure they don't get me if they are there? But if I do go past and I'm sort of not sure if I'm quite on the right side of the law I have to check back up the slip road to see if there's a police car there yeah just, just to yes. see
1: yeah yeah it's a good one
4: I, and one just one final thing on OCD I went I went to Luxembourg um 10 years ago or something like that to to meet to meet someone and when I got in the taxi one uh, one morning to go to the airport um the I can't remember what car I was in but the uh the the tr- the driver at the traffic lights got a um, a paintbrush, and he was swiping through the the vent vents with his paintbrush oh, just, I've got to, one of those. just to just to sort of dust as he was driving. Very yeah. good. A, I've
1: got a I've experimented with different stiffness of brittle bristles. There's a in Hemel in Absey. There's actually a factory that makes paintbrushes. It's a traditional English paintbrush manufacturer, and the, on their website they have explanations for the stiffness of bristles you need something that's sort of the soft side of medium just to get into all the little corners and not <laughs> scratch it otherwise the stiffer bristles scratch. scratch a bit
4: oh yeah you don't want that
0: Chris yeah, yeah.
1: without being too
0: arch or disrespectful why is it you care so much about the clean coachwork of a road car and yet you're happy to whack the shit out of the coachwork of a racing car
1: um it's because I'm better at the former than the latter it's <laughs> the only honest answer i can give <laughs> it pains me i mean i've got photographs of, of various dented racing cars what i have done in germany and it I does get quite i don't like because i don't like parking scrapes if i mean I, we'll, we'll get onto some parking at some point but i hate i hate curb wheels i hate curb wheels. oh you can't you can't drive a car with a curb wheel i, I can't you think <laughs> i've curbed it I can just about get it home, but then I can never yeah. see it until it's all fixed and it's replaced and done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Oh,
1: brilliant. Me. I mean, how, you're not going to believe this, chaps. The
0: next subject is Chris Cooper tells us how not to curb a wheel. No, no word of a lie. <laughs> yeah. The most beautiful segue, and means it's another topic on which I have very little to say. Chris Cooper, where you go.
1: So you've it only really works if you park Driver's side to the curb. We had this. It was a little thing we had last week, where one of the very kind chaps who went to the track day, we did in September and invited us to breakfast. So you park in the most inconvenient fashion on a UK road. So park well. If it's a one-way street, sometimes you can park. But highway code probably says you have to park in the direction travel, but nobody does. So you can well, only highway code
3: really say that.
1: Probably, yeah. I think it does. Yeah. 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 Um, so. You have to you have to open the driver's door. You got, it's parallel parking. You have to reverse in. You have to open the driver's door. So, Neil, you can do it. Open the driver's door. There you go. Look down to the back, look, look out and back. That's it. And if you imagine reversing, turn the car into the curb and you can see, you can really see when I think the rear wheel is near the curb. There'll be a little angle left of the car out from the curb, and the rear wheels by the curb. Then turn the wheel all the way, full lock, because the first thing that touches the curb is the rubber of the tyre. Not the body, not (laughs) the rim. It's the rubber of the wheel. And it's a nice little squidgy. And then once you hit that, you then turn the wheel, do a little bit of jogging just to make sure it's totally parallel. Anything less than totally parallel won't work. There we Leave go. the wheel straight, lock the car, and enjoy your day. I don't but think you'd pass
4: your driving test with that. I don't think they'd want you to have touched the curb. Well,
1: pass your driving test or have curbed free wheels. Reverse in, look out the driver's door, look at it, see it, think, yeah, I'm right. Because there's nothing worse than parallel parking and opening the door thinking, mm, there's a gap. That gap's just too big. We all know how big is too big. A nice little, very, very tight gap. So you're not obstructing other cars, not running the risk of your car being driven into. Back it in, open the driver's door, have a look, full lock, let the rubber of the tyre, you can do it in car parks when there's a wall. You want to park right against a car park in a wall on the passenger side, full lock, nose the car in. Everyone's going, no, 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 you're going to hit the car. I won't because the front wheel is protruding from the bodywork which is another reason why when you park the car, you must leave the wheels parallel. Otherwise, if the wheels are out, suddenly you've made your car half a metre wider and someone's going to drive into it and you'll see them on TikTok with the car on the roof because they hit somebody's parked car with the wheel out. Have Have you you, ever, ever, Chris Cooper, have you ever stopped and discussed someone's bad
0: parking with them? Yes. To help them? In yes, the I have. <laughs> I did, I've
1: done a he Heathrow quite a lot with when the taxi drivers come to meet me. And he's driven in, he's parked, I mean, all all car parks are too small these days because they were designed for Ford Anglias rather than Ford F 150s. So quite often the driver will have gone into, driven into the parking space forward. You never do that. You never do that. And never, he's at an angle. So he can't see, how, how do I get out? I've, I, so more than once I've had to say, don't worry. Just pop out, and I'll do it for you. <laughs> it just you know, everybody's you never happy. Park, never park going forward. No, never park no. going forward. Have you have
4: have you ever been in a car with someone who doesn't care if they curb wheels or not? Yeah. Yes. I, I don't Lots. think I've ever. I, I don't think I've ever seen that, and I'm not sure I could be friends with someone that treats a car in such way. Like, no. they, like it's, they, it's sort of, it's there as sort of a, it's almost like a barking sense when they yeah. hear I, they're I, grinding up against the curb. My and when you, sister, yeah.
3: my sister this, uses the cars in front and behind to go bing, 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 bing. See, that's Did actually fine, in, in Paris.
0: Paris or Rome. Paris and Rome, Well, yeah, yeah. she's
3: just happy to do it in London. <laughs> it absolutely freaks the fuck out of me. I hate if, it. If she had a, I a Bugatti- Less than five miles an hour. I haven't scuffed anything. But if
0: she saw a car in front of her that even she recognised as being very valuable, would you still hit it?
3: Which she would have to recognise it as being very valuable. But she wouldn't. It could be a Kunta. It could be a Bentley. She wouldn't have a clue. She would not have a clue. Okay? Unless it was a Porsche.
4: If wow. I saw that happen in London, I'd have a problem. But in watching I, I, I it happen do. in Paris is quite bizarre. Okay.
3: Well, we've cancelled Christmas. We've just yeah. cancelled Christmas. I've relived that now.
4: I was I was in a, a smart car in Paris once collecting some sushi with the wife of a, a customer of mine and we nipped around oh. the hall to get some and and she 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 stopped at outside their apartment and I was like that that's not a space and she was like it is <laughs> and she proceeded to I told you
0: I think that yeah the wheel curbing thing is for me it always was the ultimate sin at work. I, mm-hmm. When I had to sort of run, the one of the better the fleet of cars at Autocar, you know, who went home in what and what test cars were in, I was so disorganised, I had no idea. There was a sort of form you filled out, but it was all a bit random. But I absolutely remember thinking that if you came to me and said, I've just barrel rolled it down the A303, as long as I thought you were doing something interesting or discovering the breadth and ability of the car, I'd happily phone up the car maker and say, look, it's upside down, it's wrecked. I know it's a Ferrari, but such is life. But I would not phone a car maker and go, they nipped into Teddington and they curbed a wheel. I just, there's something about it I just couldn't handle. I really hated it. And I still do it. It's it's irresponsible.
3: It's not caring. It's not caring is what it is. It's really not It's entirely
0: avoidable. Unless there's a curbstone protruding. And I always say to people that borrow my cars, when it comes to parking, just slow down. Take it slowly. There's no rush. If you slow down, you will achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah. Just take it slowly. Have a look round. Get out and have a look. I don't care. You might get beeped at. It's
1: yeah. better being beeped at than curbing a wheel. Words to live Correct. by. Words to live by.
4: My, I'm, I'm, I think I'm fortunate that I grew up with a father that went when he very rarely... Curbed a wheel, it would be a very <laughs> silent journey and probably a silent day. Uh, <laughs> well, I and, try working the that, media. That, Some
0: of the people I work with would have brand new Range Rovers, and they would, you know, when someone grimaces when they've curbed a wheel, they go, "Ooh, yeah." But these people don't even grimace; they just that was my point. Yeah, I don't they think just, I've met They that wipe the wheel out, and they'll be going. Yeah yeah i know i mean the grade on that film was beautiful wasn't it You're like no 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 yeah. you have just smashed the shit out of the world There's no way this car drives straight now no way yeah. i mean i do love my wife Uh-oh. but
2: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. she she doesn't really mind that much a curbed wheel it's fair to say
0: <laughs> what about a speed and- what about a polished split rim speed line on a 993rs uh- Oh, what would that uh, do then, Neil? If uh, that came back with a chunk out of it...
2: I don't think she would be driving such a car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you say that with total authority. Yes. <laughs> there are certain rules.
2: the most ridiculous car.
0: If I was to break down the disciplines of driving, I'm not very good at many of them, but the one I'm worst at is parking. I'm, I'm not really... It never seems me and parking never really get on. It never seems to work out, you know. When I I often come back to a car park and think, that's not very good, Chris. You know, it's 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 yeah. it's asymmetrical. It's everything that Chris Cooper wouldn't handle, and I think it's partly because I don't care, and, and not to the point I'm antisocial, but it's also partly that I'm just not very good at it. I don't spatially. I'm not very good at getting it right. I just I, don't care.
3: I care deeply. But I'm not good at it. So the way I get around that is I add 20 minutes to my journey, even if it's a five-minute <laughs> journey. It's just how I deal with it. You want to park properly. Did I admit to what I did the
0: other day outside my flat with the yellow car and the Mercedes? Did I admit to that? No. Right. So just to show you, what one of the joys of my job is that I was a jumping in and out of cars the whole time. And if you have an extended period of time with a test car that has certain functions on it that help you with life... If you then jump back into your own car and it doesn't have them, you can assume they're on there. and all, Everyone that has a few cars or drives different cars for work has this at the same time. So I, I'm, I'm, I've am I'm, i got a Mercedes SL500 129, which I love dearly. It's not the tidiest example, but it, we like it. And it was outside my flat. And I had that joy of joy. So I, I thought, there's another space. I can have both of my cars outside the flat. And there were a few people walking along. There's a school nearby and there's some other people. One of them had spotted me and said, ooh, when's Top Gear coming back? Which was a question I couldn't answer then, but I can now. And I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I then promptly put it in reverse. My my beautiful yellow touring in reverse, and I just drove it straight into the front of my own Mercedes. I reversed yeah. it because <laughs> yeah. I waited for the beeper to come on, and there was no beeper. Thought I'm in here, and I just reversed it straight into the front of my car. And this woman <laughs> just looked at me with her child so say, what is wrong with you? And the answer is, quite a lot. A lot. <laughs> right? But I, I, just, <laughs> I just waited for the beep, and yeah. it just didn't come. Yeah. That has happened it, to if me. If we did the
4: OCD list that I reeled off for Rohan, if we did next week, what is wrong with you, how long would your list be?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Could we, could we each
4: do it for one of the other... Of the <laughs> others. Can we all just do it for
0: Chris? It's easy. Yeah.
4: No, <laughs> so no, that, so that has
3: just got to be the Christmas special. <laughs> we can talk about... Oh, well, you, you could, could do it. two hours of it. You
0: wouldn't even scratch the surface. Yeah. But but I, I do... I'm not a good parker. The parking beeper was a, an amazing invention for me. I mean, It, it was transformative. I never use the lines. I don't use the predictive lines. No,
1: they don't work.
0: No. no, I don't use those. But if anyone's done an HGV test, there is a lovely. The best thing about learning to drive a truck, particularly an articulated truck, is the reversing. Yeah. Once you learn the angles and to use the swing of the headboard, it's a really lovely thing because you get there are absolute rules that you can yep. trust that if the headboard gets to that point there and you wang all the lock on, you will end up exactly where you want to end up. Yeah. Reversing love, trailers. There's something very reassuring about that. Absolutely. Uh, with with a. I, I with like. So I, I, big. I did,
2: I definitely couldn't do that. It's why I don't own a caravan. You could. I w- no. I own don't a caravan.
0: No. Watching a good rally mechanic spin a car trailer around. It just yeah. is, is I, a joy. that's
1: actually that is where more often than not I've had to say to somebody, just jump out, I'll do it for you. Reversing a trailer. I grew up on I grew up working on a farm and I now live on a farm. And if you can't reverse a trailer on a farm, sell the farm. <laughs> and usually with boats and little dinghies and stuff was a very very clever in fact he probably worked with clever jason a few years ago very very clever man i know down in cornwall and we were towing a dinghy somewhere for our children and we went past somewhere we want to stop at and he said oh uh, he's back there and i said oh look you can back it in there look if you stop here you can just back it in there and whip round." he said no i'll go and find a roundabout i said there's where there's no roundabouts here and i thought I can't do it. I said, just just pop out. So I just sort of, you know, you got it. You can't. I prefer doing it looking over your shoulder. You can do it in the mirrors, but it's a bit you look, Did it went round. He said, How did you do that? I said, Well, it's reversing a trailer. It's such a lovely skill to have. I think it's wonderful. Really I nice. don't
0: have it.
4: It's very <laughs>
1: satisfying. Very satisfying. Unbelievable.
0: Right. Um, the next topic is here we go. Now this this just caused a little bit of Uh, what would I say a little bit controversial because I suggested to to people we should find the biggest car bargain on sale that's specific to the UK if you're listening overseas I'm sorry we can't do it for your country and Edward Lovett immediately said I don't think there are any real bargains just yet I know he feels the market's about to move but I think there are some bargains out there and I want to know just name me one car that you think's a bargain and why so we'll start, not with Edward Lovett, because I don't think he believes me
3: at all. We'll start with Manish. I had to get onto the old internet for this one. And um, my definition for this was a car that I think is basically, I, I look for used cars. So I wanted something that basically had very, very low mileage, looked pretty much as if you'd have bought it yesterday. It could be 10 years old, I didn't mind. And um, it had to be around half the price or less than when it came out new. And I really didn't want to, you know, the reason why I didn't put a 456 in is because it is 20 years old. The younger. reasonable
0: criteria managed, reasonable
3: yeah. criteria. So I'll tell you, I mean, I thought Audi R8, the Gallardo, the 911, the 997, the MP412C, all sort of vaguely fitted this criteria. They were either 40 or 50% of their original price or had 20,000 miles or less on them. But I'll tell you the car that I think is the Uber bargain. I know we've talked about things like the Scaglietti being bulletproof and all the rest of it, but for me, it was a Ferrari. Oh, oh. look at you, doggy! <laughs> oh, Hello. Are you giving me a quit love up? You <laughs> do need that in the morning. Um, but I think it's a Ferrari Four Thirty Spider. You can pick those things up really good are looking one. So look at Edward's face right? <laughs> for, for 60 or 70,000 pounds and the spider is it's, a, it's just a beautiful car and um, I, I saw a great Nero one immaculate red leather 25,000 miles 69995 I think how is that not a bargain? a convertible Ferrari for 11,000 pounds more than a BMW 52i yeah. 520i that is a bargain
0: Edward Lovett will respond to that in a minute. Because he's, he'll, tell us, he'll tell us about the potential bills. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go next. I, I often leave myself to so last. I think the definition of this for me is when you see that one of your friends or acquaintances has bought one of bought a certain car, and you just you know you don't go oh how much was that you just go what'd you give for that you know that, that, that sort of nice little you're not judging their what wealth what'd you give what'd you, what give, you, what give, you what give for that that, <laughs> that sort of tradey phrase and the car that I've done this twice. To, to acquaintances over the last few months is a jaguar f-type ah, oh, no, r and I've, i still think it's a really good looking car it's quirky okay. It's it's got its flaws but i know people that buy these things for sort of early mid-20s yeah and i and I, they've not done moon miles and it's a car that it it looks great to me it sounds fantastic it's you yeah. know it's got some some stuff that isn't brilliant about it but for the money, wow! What a yeah. machine! I, I, Great source, awesome. obviously. The new TVR is the, is the badge you give it. But I always think, and also the other thing about good value is, or, or a bargain is, once you've driven away, you think, I won't look at those on Auto Trader. I won't look at those on collected cars. I won't look at those wherever. And that night, you're on there going, "Oh, look! There's a green one. There's a nice green one. It's got a nice interior." And I, I yeah, F Type R for me is a lot,
1: a mm. awful lot of car for the money. That is Uh, nice. uh, Chris Cooper. And the F-type boot, is it cheaper because people discover eventually it's literally got no boot?
4: Uh, Could be. Can you get get golf clubs clubs in there? Have they done the golf club test?
1: Couldn't get a golf ball in it. Yeah, okay. it, it if you could it. get a golf ball in it, it would just bloody rattle. And there's no call for that. <laughs>
0: that's another topic. I'll write down what's
1: the most useless tailgate or you know, tail lifted yeah. hatchback ever. Yeah. Um, I, I thought there was because you suggested this one. I thought you've had a little experience, a little moment in time that's made you think, oh, um Am I that what, transparent. Yeah. No, I just think, well, I thought um you always do things for a reason, and there's usually an interesting story behind it. Um 997 gen one turbo yes yeah yes yeah i we think looks, it down here looks conspicuously interesting sort of early mid-40s uh obviously manual because they only uh, they were, they were there were tip, they, they was, there were the, tiptronics the, were the, the, yeah. the tippy of that was actually an automatic
0: tippy. as well not, not a not, yeah, a not good
1: not good um gen 2 was a was gen 2 pdk nine nine seven. you could well. get a manual gen 2 but they're rare as rocking horse yeah they know. were uh, yeah, gen a one, one 997 turbo, I think, looks really, really tempting. These are all first world, you know. Um, what I did notice the other one I noticed, I've kicked myself for not bidding for it was there was a 1991 Range Rover 3.9 Vogue SE hard dash on collecting cars this week. Um, not Lunar Miles, um, for a Thirty-two-year-old car, about well, ninety. What's not like
3: lunar miles, roughly?
1: Um, um, ninety. Yeah, over a hundred, well over a hundred. Mm. So that thirty-year-old car, anyway, yeah.
3: fourteen
1: thousand pounds that went for it. Look, you know, Our Range Rover. Range Rover classes can be problems because the chassis is rust and the bodywork, blah blah. blah the aluminium and steel thing, Um, but bloody hell, fourteen grand. You think you could spend? You probably couldn't get. A decent defender, original defender, or a Land Rover Series for that. You can get a whole Range Rover. So I thought I, I, I can sell you one for that.
3: <laughs> I'll see you later.
0: Those of you watching, can we acknowledge the amazing sky that's emerging behind there? would love it. It's really special. It's very, very special. special. It looks like the set to. It looks like the set to uh, Child of the Chocolate Factory. One of the scenes where the where they we they get they've got the sort of skyline of all the higgledy-piggledy roofs behind them lovely i think we you,
4: agreed that this episode was going to be sponsored by at don't be a lazy bastard
0: we did we didn't we, we. Yeah. yeah we did didn't we? we we're up and about yeah can't bloody yeah. breathe this one yeah. there we go right uh, edward yeah. uh what's you, you, well, you I, 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 think I, there
4: I i need to summarize i think neil uh neil can go next
0: okay right neil you're next you're all wrong <laughs>
4: Well, hang There's on a minute. I'm summarising. I'll decide that. <laughs> yeah, right. There's only one
2: Porsche Boxster, ten grand. Yeah, that's. I quite mean, cool. yeah, you're
3: right. Yeah, no, yeah, come
2: right. on. You're you're all totally wrong. You get a 3.2s, unbelievable. Um, right. manual, sixty five thousand miles choose your colour because there's a million of them million out there yeah they've all been looked after they've all had the stuff done you probably can get a grand knocked off because you know it's christmas it's the best thing to buy right yeah it's
0: nice stuff yeah yeah you brought That's it fair. beautifully to the people there Neil, good a great recovery well done
4: uh, I, will undo, I will undo that good work now. Oh, ha- here we go. Here we go. I don't have one. I have a variety now. One thing I have said here, and this is this is a good segue into promoting collecting cars. Firstly, the world has been on pause for the last two and a bit years when it comes to depreciation. So I still find it very hard because cars that you would think and about Chris, we've talked recently about like Mulsans, for example, but you know a Flying Spur is a car that. Probably should half in value the moment you drive it out of a door, um, out of the, out of the showroom door. But they don't. They seem, seem to still be asking 200 plus thousand quid for them. You know, they're only a week old, but I'm sort of looking for those things, thinking they must be 49, 950 by now. But they're not. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so the the depreciation has been on pause for the last two and a bit years, but we are starting Edward, to Edward. You've
3: around. got a tiny, tiny speck of lint on your right shoulder. Just keep going, keep going. Can you see it? Thank
4: you. Um so yeah, the, I, I that there are cars that I look at, and you know, Renault Alpine would be one of them, nine nine two turbo S's are cars that I'm always looking at thinking. When are they going to be twenty nine nine fifty? But the Renault, the Renault Alpine has held like a rock. Yeah. <clears> for, the, <throat> for the last three for the last three years, they just haven't depreciated. Um, but I've got a list here of cars that I think I'd wrote down, and I'm going to come to a finalist, uh, which is not it's a new car, not even a used car, but nine nine two Turbo S. Um, there's a car I've mentioned a few times that's now coming right into the window of what I think is is a very good value car cayman gt4 um gt4s they aren't good they aren't particularly good value yet and they Mm. made them in abundance they're a brilliant car but that's going to be a car in a moment that's worth buying um the latest gen dbs uh which i guess they've stopped making now that that was a car when they launched it it was very quickly heading towards you know good value v12 motoring and then it just stopped appreciating <laughs> and it actually went up in value but they're now coming back to an, a, a a value that um that that starts to make sense um the 7 speed last of the rapid s's that's oh. I think actually eight speed. Were they eight speed the eight last speed one? at the eight end?
1: The bigger horsepower eight. one was eight speed.
4: Yeah. Those Touch those last cars, you, you can't fit anyone in the back seats properly. Oh, but that's bad. a that's a really good Aston Martin, I think, uh, with the eight-speed automatic <clears throat> gearbox. And yeah. that looks like good value today. Um, for the poor sods that bought Zagato, um, any vanquished <laughs> Zagato's brand new, um, and people that didn't get allocated one uh, and want to buy one at fifty percent or less than their original wow. value, you can go and buy a shooting brake Aston Martin today for around three hundred thousand pounds. I would think. I think they were six hundred and fifty thousand pounds. They're the, stupid, stupid cars. The, the speedsters, I think, were nine hundred and fifty thousand pounds, and that's probably worth about four hundred and fifty grand today. That's not right. Um, and then and the, so two more to go. The one car that a lot of people say, and I know Chris is going to agree with this, and this is sort of taking it to the people, but the Holy Trinity cars, the McLaren P1 always seems like the car that represents the best value out of those three cars. But there is something that seems to hold the consumer back. In really buying them and letting the cars just skyrocket off, and I think it's probably a hundred grand's worth the battery and warranty and stuff like that because most people don't hold them very long, do they? They they sort of tell everyone they've got one, and this is you know these are half the value they should be, and then two weeks later they've sold it because they're obviously worried about they might have to cover the cost of the battery. Uh Um. Anyway, after all that rant, the final car that I think deserves a mention. Is a Tesla Model Three. Oh and, fuck off! And the reason I say that is, is because in in a in a time where every car is becoming more and more expensive, there's Elon just chipping away at the the cost new of a of a car for the people. It's quite impressive.
1: What have you done with the real Edward? <coughs> I where was is trying he? To
0: be practical
4: and
1: where think, is he? I'm Where's he going? So
0: after seven minutes. Your answer to the question: Tell us one car that's a bargain. Was that?
4: Yes. <laughs> no, all of the above as well. But but a Tesla Model Three with its keep with the price keep coming down. I think I think that probably is quite good value. Don't don't
3: pay your workers relocate to Texas. Don't let them unionise. Blow up Twitter. Yep, you can produce a cheap. We car. waited seven minutes. You said
0: Tesla. <laughs> and clip had told you to foxtrot Oscar.
2: <laughs> can I just say one minute why Ed was completely wrong? Well, yes. you won't need a minute. <laughs> they're not making good cars anymore. So, okay. all of those cars, GT4s, P1s, they're all going to go up in value. In 10 years' time, they are going to be the icon cars. They're going to be peak ice cars. So, buy them now before they all go back up.
4: Oh, well, I'm sort of. I think with the, uh, that was the point. I think you're the, on the, same the, page. the depreciation's been on pause, but it is now occurring that, but there are some value there's some value
2: we we're just, we're we're, we're, we're we're just, just passed peak car about a month ago yeah so that that those are going to be the cars was that oh it, it was it was, was uh, the sixth of november october the first okay.
4: obviously one thing i didn't actually to use my segue november. to talk about collecting cars there is go onto an auction website and just bid because you never know, you might get a bargain. Yeah. I
2: thought you were know, suggesting times, that,
3: yeah. Yes, sorry. Uh, I was just saying the Financial Times yesterday said that um, because we have pushed back the end of our ICE date, the cost of EVs is actually falling. And the, and the number, not the cost, the, the number that are being sold is falling. I think the number they, they, I mean, it was down sort of 20, 20%, the yeah. government changed
1: it. Yeah, where's the fire? It's come quite back a five bit
3: years. a
2: Big deal. The fire's out of the car. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be Betamax.
0: Betamax.
3: I like it. It was Betamax. always better than VHS. I'm more like a
4: Tesla. <clears throat>
0: yeah. No, you want Video 2000, the Philips format with two-sided tapes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah The one. Yeah.
1: Video disc. Philips video disc. That was the one. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: Uh, I think we settled that. <clears throat>
1: Rear fog lights.
0: Oh, did, did, did Rear fog lights. Discuss. Chris Cooper, you've got, we're limiting you to 11 minutes.
1: I bloody hate them. I don't, I do, I do too. I yeah. bloody hate them. But they're useless. Is there anything, one thing worse than a rear fog light? That's a front fog light. That's even more useless. They are useless. They d- Rear fog lights just, I mean, I they're so useless. If you said to me, where's the rear fog light button?" on a car you drive. I wouldn't I couldn't tell you where it is. Because I just don't use it. And I don't use it because when I see other people using it, I mean there's all the cliches about you know well when we said this one, I said to you on the chat, I said cuddly toy. Nobody got it. Well you might have got it, but you didn't say anything. Alan Partridge. I got, uh, yeah. Alan Partridge, like- Roachford, cuddly toy. That little go on social media. The fog lights, <laughs> your fog lights are on. Your, your <laughs> fog lights are on. Yeah. Yeah. They use so um, in the rain, all they do is dazzle. I'm trying to think of how foggy. Yeah, okay, I'm being slightly silly. There is very, very, very thick fog where it will give you or the person behind a little bit of extra warning. But rear lights on cars now are so big and bright, and you know, it's not like we're driving Morris Mini Miners where it's a little bit of a six volt sort of battery thing. Rear lights are, you know, and they're bigger and the cars are bigger and higher up. And so, no, I hate rear fog. I think they're, I think they're hateful. And Fog fog lights are even worse. I have never, ever, ever found conditions where front fog lights made a difference. Turn your headlights.
2: In a a, a photograph, they look nice.
1: Yeah, they do. (laughs) Yeah. My Mark II MR2 had front fog lights and you could turn them on and it wouldn't raise the headlights, the pop-up headlights. Yes. And that looked cool. until, Until you flash somebody, and then the pop-up headlights would come up, but then they wouldn't go down again. (laughs) So you had to turn everything off, turn the fog lights off, pretend nobody noticed, turn the fog lights on again, and not flash anybody. I hate rear fog lights. I couldn't tell you where the switch is, because they just don't do anything. I've given up Cuddly Toy, because it's just... You'd be, you'd have to have that on the radio the whole time to tell people your fog lights are on. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, hey, Neil Clifford. How do you
2: feel about well, it? Well, I, I, I agree with Chris, and and I think it's a joke the manufacturers have here. How stupid a place can we put the switch for the rear fog lights? And Porsche, where you've got to pull that thing out and then turn it, and then um, you, you you yeah. just never know how to put the bloody things on. The irony is, because you always worry about your kids, and it was foggy last weekend, and I was thinking about this. My son, Arthur, and his girlfriend lives in Luton. It's about an hour away from us. And I'm like, make sure you put the riff. He's like, what are you talking about? He didn't even know there was such a thing as yeah. a rear fog <laughs> line. Good for Arthur. Because, yeah, he's, I don't know. <clears throat> because, as we all know, the problem is you put them on, and because the switch is in such a stupid place, you never turn them off. So they stay on for weeks.
0: Yeah. So Edward yeah. Ed Lovett, do you have any strong feelings about the rear fog lights?
4: Well, I, I've written in my um notes here, um, pre-podcast, I put <laughs> good when it's foggy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> then and,
4: and, and I and I struggled to find anything else to write <laughs> um but I, I was just thinking about Chris then fog lights are not really for us, are they they're for the other people. So when it is foggy, it's not really for us. I did I do remember back in those days especially with the e36 BMWs that drivers especially in the Bristol area did like to have their um side lights on, and fog lights because oh, the fog yes. lights were down here and the side lights were there yeah. They, yeah. they thought that looked yeah. quite cool yeah i'm not sure i totally agreed uh and does- they actually had to plan that um yeah i'm and not also
0: the the feds would stop you because front fog lights yeah. when it wasn't foggy no science at all were illegal but now they have daylight running lights that do exactly the same thing yeah. on the same part of the car. and They're legal. I don't understand yeah. that at all. Yeah.
4: We do, in, in the UK in general, we don't particularly have seriously bad weather like some parts in the world. Now, I'm sure you've seen these yeah. videos of these amazing crashes. Amazing sounds like a good thing here. It's not. These huge <laughs> crashes in America, in the Midwest, in a snowy day where yeah. they have like a 150 car pile up in a snowstorm. Okay. I'm sure they wish someone in front of them had their fog lights turned on before uh, they all started piling into each other.
3: I um, did you, I, I, I learned a little trawl about this and I didn't know that Porsche, because in Germany, you're only allowed to have the fog light apparently on the driver's side. So people who are a bit OCD, they think that the if so if you have a left-hand drive car they think that actually Porsche have forgotten to put a bulb in. They go and spend 20 quid on a bulb, find the socket, then realize it's not wired. I I, just, I found the most amazing thread about this and the reason why they only in Germany apparently have it on the left-hand side is because obviously you overtake only on the left-hand side and that's how you know how to overtake. So the cars only have one fog light and it's got to be by law on the driver's side.
0: Love it. German logic. Oh, lovely. Lovely, lovely that. Mm. I think for me, love it. for me, for me, <laughs> you've touched on one thing and that is that the, the idea, how often do you need to use, need to use a rear fog light? Three or four times a year, probably. Max. But if you drive the whole time, maybe more, and if you have to go up to Scotland or whatever, maybe more. But if you don't use them that often and you actually can't find the bloody button when you need to use them, then that really, you know, that is chocolate fire guard territory, isn't it? Yeah. The idea that you don't, st- maybe, if actually all of us thought, the first thing I'm going to do is acquaint myself with the controls of my vehicle and I'll <laughs> memorise where the fog light button is and I can use it properly. But that's not the way people work these days. My problem is, is is that we've yet we've got devices in our cars that will tell us what's in the blind spot. They'll park the car for us, but they won't switch <laughs> off a rear fog light when there's no fog left. So last weekend, I was driving up the M5, and Genius. it was it was really foggy. But 20 miles after that, when it was quite clear, and it was actually daylight, every other car had a bloody fog light on. And I just thought to myself, they'll stop. Only when they turn the cars off will they yeah. extinguish that light. There must be a way of a car maker working this out. We've got auto lights on the front. We've got auto everything. You know, that is a very good point. I don't understand why they can't sort it out because it is actually a massive distraction. Some of them are evil. I followed something Japanese. It had... It it might be one of the ones with the funky sort of... It might be a Rav4-y looking thing. It had the tiniest fog light, but it was so piercing, it drew your eyes in. I I couldn't (laughs) bloody ignore it. It was like... As, as my as one of my relatives would have said, it was like a whiff of knicker in the airport. You know, you're like, whoa. and are you just like, whoa? I could not, <laughs> I couldn't stop looking at it, and I I just don't understand the things at all. They they are they're awful. You just they just they, as you say, as Edward says, they're quite good in
1: fog, but they're often <laughs> used outside of fog. There's Um, an invention in there. There's an invention there. I think that will make you a millionaire. Millionaires.
0: Yeah. Hurry up. Uh, Right. The (laughs) two-car garage this week. two-car garage this week is... Here we go. The cult... This is good news for some people. The cult classic 70s show The Persuaders is being... Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. Is being made into a feature film. Ryan Reynolds has been cast as Danny Wilde, and Tom Hiddleston, he that can dance, has been cast as Lord Brett Sinclair. The film is set in the modern day, but still in some exotic locations. Sorry, the same exotic locations. What two cars do they have? That's a good one. That's a And it's from E... Oh, no, it's not. It's from Thomas Askew, 1654, which must mean he's, he's fucking old. <laughs> Sorry. Right. We've Carry on. It's just before tea time. Anyway. Um, let's go first with Edward Lovett, because he didn't really engage with the fog light thing. I want to give him a chance to to let his to to, to broaden his wings. Come on.
4: I thought I summarized it pretty well. Well, I I we we were debating age. I, I didn't watch the Persuaders, so I quickly had to Google the what cars did they drive. Now, clearly, although I didn't watch it immediately when I saw the one of uh, let me show you the photo I I shared. Hold on two seconds, caller. The one
1: outside Nice Airport. Oh, the yeah, one outside Nice one. Airport. Let me just turn
4: my phone like that. There we go. Yeah.
1: Look at that. Yeah. One.
4: Which I didn't need to do too much research. So clearly, the replacement to those is a brand new Aston Martin DBS Seven Seventy Ultimate Edition, um, and a Two Four Six GTB Two Four Nine. 246962b 296, 296. Two, four six nine six two B G T B. Anyway, you're in the car business, Edward.
3: Two nine six
4: G T B, g- or maybe, or maybe in a nice dark shade of blue with a brown leather. I'm not sure. Oh. That would be lovely. Oh, I like go. that. Oh.
0: Anyhow, there's a gag in there about Ferrari franchises somewhere. Edward. No stickers. Uh, right. No stickers. Uh, let's. Let, uh, I think good choices. Uh, Neil Clifford. <laughs> Oh. Yep,
2: yeah, I think Ed was pretty much right, really. 296. I was gonna go 458 just because I think it's actually just a slightly prettier car. So I'm I'm gonna go four five eight. Four five eight spider, posy, um, tan, silver wheels, no shields, and then I'd go db twelve. I'm not trying to be clever, I'm just trying to be right here. I think that's what that, that, that's sort that's sort of what you do. DB12 and four five eight spider.
0: I love it one. whenever Neil Clifford. By the way, it's a lovely tick from Neil that whenever he wants to rattle off a speck of a car, particularly a Ferrari, he gives it a head nod like he's heading a football. he will go, we yeah, yeah. bit of brown, yeah. head, silver wheels. He just he just yeah. it's like he nudges it into the back of the net. Like oh, oh, oh. Lovely, <laughs> yeah, a lovely exactly. little tick that. Oh, um, yeah,
1: Gary. Sick as a parent.
0: Chris Cooper, what are you going to head
1: into the so, next of the 2 cars? So car I, I, think, I think they both have two-car garages. They'd have a relaxing at the beach club car in the garage, and they'd have something for formal wear, I think. They both have okay. that. So I think Danny Wild, I think he'd have a 458 Spider. I do think he'd have that. Uh, but I also think... Sort of something slightly different for a different kind of occasion. I think he'd have a Maserati Bora. Okay. Ooh, no, I think he'd have a Maserati Bora.
3: Um
1: just because, you know, Brian, it's Ryan Reynolds, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So um I think he's flexible enough, got just enough breadth when he's not playing football for Wrexham. Um, yeah, Maserati Bora. Brett Sinclair, I think it's a bit more interesting. So I think he'd have an Aston. But the sort of the the db 12 the sort of that, you know, when Roger Moore did that, I mean, it's hard to believe now that was filmed as a TV show in pokey little Britain when he was James Bond driving that DBS thing, which was originally meant to be a DBS V8. And it wasn't. Yeah, it was a six cylinder because it hadn't quite finished. Coloring in the design of the V8 um, on that beautiful goldy color thing. So I think you'd have sort of a t- late model, sort of 2017 Aston V8, the old, the most recently V8, the V8 Vantage S. Manual, <clears throat> it's not a very good manual, but manual rather than the robotic one. The one at 577 horsepower, one of those. And I think for more formal occasions, or when he was with the ladies, I think he'd have. He'd have to have the coolest English convertible there is for for meeting a guest at Nice Airport. He'd have a Bentley Azure tea.
3: Correct, like, ooh. Manish. I was very into the show. I remember watching it literally as a Um, (coughs) six-year-old. Not not obviously on its first run. note to this show, Lou Grade, who commissioned it, you know, one of our great TV legends, um, was trying to break into the American market. And so what they wanted to do was, the last episode of The Saint had the guy from The Champions in, the the American guy, and apparently the the chemistry was amazing (laughs) between them. And that inspired this show, why don't we get an American sleuth and a British sleuth, Ah, in Britain, send them to Italy, send them to Spain and France, and we'll get them doing kind of, you know, uh, sort of little Euro missions, and it's bound to work in America. So they actually commissioned 24 of these, and they were shot within a year. There were a couple of small issues with it, and um, the the biggest issue was Tony Curtis was high on pot for the entire year. He was just (laughs) off his face, apparently. He'd turn up to rehearsals, be really obnoxious, and uh, just not know his lines. And uh, let's just say that Roger Moore's a bit more even-tempered and uh, managed to get him through this. The other little spin in this, that Roger Moore got paid a million pounds for this series between 1970
0: and 1971. What's
3: I mean, that, that adjusted for inflation? I mean, that's 5 million quid, or 20 million quid. I mean, it's an insane wow. amount of money for television. Yeah. He became outside America, the biggest, um, you know, kind of TV star... I think the next guy who actually finally put that to bed was um, Peter Falk in Columbo. Yeah. He was paid $300,000 an episode. Oh, wow. <clears> throat> throat> I,
2: lo- I love him. Insane
3: him. amount of money. Uh, actually. So I think, you know, and the, the whole point of the show is, that, I mean, the show, by the way, is terrible. The plots, you could write them on the back of a cigarette packet. The sets were made of cardboard. They had this huge punch-up in the very first one in a, in a bar in the bar <laughs> i've got the walls are bit it's a set of crossroads it's so bad i mean yeah. it's so bad they spent all the money basically on Moore's salary and roger moore designed his own clothes so when yeah. you get to oh, edges, nice. designed by roger moore. every single jacket's got an epaulette it. <laughs> it's just i just don't i mean everything about this is terrible but i'd say there was something about the cars that absolutely bit you and um I had a little think about this. And I think the right, you're probably right. If Danny Wilde had that 246 GT, and if you were going to purely update that, I guess it would be the 296. But I actually think, I looked at the 246. Did you know it's 4.2 meters long? It's one I think seven meters wide, and it weighs just over a ton. And I thought the Ferrari that got closest to that was actually the 288 GTO. Wow. It's 4.2 meters oh. long. It's 1.8 metres wide and it weighs just over a ton. And it yeah, would good. look fantastic. You just park that thing in red with its black. That's a good call. Yeah, that's, that's, a Danny good call yeah. that's Danny Wall's car. That's Danny Wild's car. And Brett Sinclair, whose full name I found out yesterday, is Lord Brett Rupert George Robert Andrew Sinclair. I think...
1: He's not a real person, though, is he?
3: Oh, he no. is to me. He is to me. He is to me. <laughs> um, So I think he'd have a Continental GT, Mulliner, a WTEP 12, sapphire blue, cambric interior. He would just look fantastic getting out of that, Tom Hiddleston. And, um, you know, if they could come up with a decent plot, I'd watch it And just one final tiny detail. The reason why the show stopped was because he got James Bond.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He got The Man
3: with the Golden Gun, and that was the end of it. You know, it's been no sequels.
0: Nice. Uh well covered there. I like that. Now, my theory here is that when they remake these shows, even if they just about do justice to original format, they always sod the cars up completely. They never get it right, they never consult anyone like us. They should do, we should be the car consultants to films because yep. we know about these things and we these be millionaires. Better. So we have to assume they've totally balls this up. So you've got Hiddleston, you've got Ryan Reynolds. They arrive at Nice Airport to recreate that scene. And, uh, Ryan, yeah, the Brit has to get into a Valkyrie because they've gone, right, it's got to be the latest... Ast- it was an Aston Martin, let's get the latest one. <laughs> and you see him trying to get into this fucking thing and then he can't start it and then it, it needs to go back because the, there's a gearbox fault or something. So it's oh, a money
3: map. penny. I think, I've, I think I've curbed the wheel.
0: It's a Valkyrie, so he's, he's there trying to get into it. And it's too hot, and he's sweating, and he's got some bird next to him. He's gone. Put your peltors on. I'm trying to tell you that I want. To, I'm trying to tell you I want to shag you. It's I can, Channel Two on can the hear peltor. Is, yeah. All I can hear is the oil pump. So he, so he does that, and then. The Ferrari, well, it has to be the last really shoot. It has to be a La Ferrari, doesn't it? So he gets into a LaFerrari. Yeah. Like, yeah. He pulls away and it's, he doesn't really get what he's doing. And then he gets a warranty claim because the battery's gone wrong because he hasn't charged it properly. So they get to the outskirts of the airport And it's bollocks. It's completely bollocks. They've run out of money and they don't film another episode.
3: No, no, you shoot it in Dubai just for the complete.
0: (laughs) 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 But but it is it is the case, and we're offering our services here. If you want to remake a classic format, the cars are always wrong. Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah,
0: Um, right. Let's uh, move on to some music uh, because two of our uh, gallant podcasters need to go for breakfast. Uh, so uh let's start with some music. Uh, Neil Clifford. Um there's only one this week. Uh, Fairy Tale of
2: New yeah. York. Yeah. Oh. Shame. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Christmas number one. Come on, go and buy
0: it. Yeah.
1: Is it still banned on the BBC or not? No, no. um no. it's it's slightly unbanned. On radio two, they play it unmuted on the that Do word. They? Yeah. But on radio one, because they're fragile little flowers, it's still muted, I think. Some of will correct us. Uh, Edward Lovett.
4: This is a really random one, but I quite like it. And I played it about 26 times on the way back from my parents' home the other day with my kids in the car. So they now know the words uh, off by heart. But it's Marina and the Diamonds,
1: Obsessions. Okay. Oh, nice song. Yeah, make a note of that. do
4: a
0: yeah,
1: note. Is it a new song? No, it's an old song. No. Uh,
4: not when I say old, old for me, but might might be a three or four years or six or seven years or something like uh,
3: that. Manish. The best thing about The Persuaders is the theme tune. So I'm going with John Barry's theme tune for The Persuaders. Utter there you go. Yeah, they're all genius. good, aren't
0: they? Yeah. Utter genius. Never say we don't give you lovely little links in this podcast. Everything links together. It's all thought about. It's all, it's all thought about.
1: Uh, Chris Cooper. <laughs> So thinking about other TV series with great music and Miami Vice and the cars and music were great. Um, the Blue Nile. Yes. That's album. Yes. Which I would used to play to death on my little tape player on my Renault 5 GT Turbo. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. The downtown lights. There's a bit, there's something about the long version, the six and a half minute version of that, the, you know it's Christmas and I the other one I had was fairy telling new because I think everyone's gotta, gotta want to play that and after what happened last week and cracky 22, 23 years since Kirsty McCall died. Yeah. Um downtown lights from the hats album, The Blue Nile, in the car, driving through a city at Christmas, wonderful. And how well produced is that album? Have you got a hi-fi and you want to oh, test out how good your hi-took them is. a long time to do That's that the
0: one? Album. They weren't quick workers, were they? No. Um I'm gonna go for Talk, talk, it's my life. Oh, love, all love, life. Yeah. I think that's a really good 80s pop song. It is yeah. good. Uh. Uh, so I think we're all in agreement that we've chosen some decent music. Edward Lovett has discovered a love and fascination for the rear fog light. Uh, Manish Pandy likes John Barry seam tunes, so do all of us. Neil Clifford started this podcast in the dark holding a tin of Devon Custard and in a Bentley when it's now daylight <laughs> and those walking past him must think he really is out there and Chris Cooper's off doing <laughs> honest day's work uh, <laughs> is
3: Ambrosia dairy? it is
0: I, uh, of course, course it, is. it is of course yeah. it is always carry some Devon Custard there we go oh. well, well, always carry always carry Custard with you <laughs> I'm Chris Harris I've only just been able to breathe for the last 10 minutes of this but not recording this early in the morning ever again no. thank you very much for listening